0: glad to see you all tonight. So glad to be in the house. Yeah, good. Amen. Uh, our pastor is away. Oh my God. Okay, so it's like no fun, right? So we just wander around. We just walk around the house. We just, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. But at some point, one of these years, we're going to figure out what to do when he's not there. Hallelujah. He'll talk to us because I, I think we shot when he's not there. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll have a nice talk. when he. Gets no, no, he doesn't bother us, but he sends his love to you all tonight. He's out in Portland, Oregon, uh, ministering the word. So please, uh, throughout this week, pray for him, pray for utterance. Uh, pray that the uh the seat of the word falls on good ground. He's with the uh, Marshallese people to, uh, this week and they are lovers of the word and they love him. So it's it's beautiful when they get together because you see just all shades of God's people, you know So God is doing a miraculous and wonderful thing through his ministry And I just believe this is the beginning of great things, but know that he loves you. You're in his heart And he, you know, there's no place like home, but he's on assignment. Amen Well, let's stand and get ready to receive the word of God Yeah, thank you be excited about the word I'm telling you, it's the word that makes the difference. We're going to a very familiar passage of scripture tonight. So don't tune me out because you already know it. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures, but amen. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Let's read this together, please. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, And my burden is light. Lord God, we love you in this house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We say, Jesus, be lifted up high in this place, oh God. Hallelujah. We're ready, God, for your word. Speak. I'm going to open my mouth. And I ask that you fill it. And you speak, God. I want to speak tonight as the oracle of God. Hallelujah. I thank you that in this house there is good ground. And our expectation is set on a hundredfold return on this word. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. So good to be here. So good to be sharing the word. I love the word. And I like sharing the word with people who are excited about the word. Hallelujah! I don't like, you know, sharing the word when you just look at me. You can laugh, you can talk. Amen. (laughs) All right, so tonight we're going to look at something that you know that's dear and uh, near and dear to my heart, a subject that I like to really dig into, and it's that soul man. Oh. Because the soul needs more work than these bodies need. We, we spend a lot of time working on these bodies. At least we should try. <laughs> but we don't spend enough time working on that soul, man. And it's the soul that stands between all of the great things that your spirit knows and what your body really acts out. So if we don't ever get the soul right, we never will see the manifestation of all that God says that we're supposed to have. So tonight we're gonna look at a very light, very simple subject, it's called an invitation to rest. An invitation to rest. Now you know when you receive an invitation, you're uh, in the driver's seat as to whether or not you attend, you receive it, you accept it, yay or nay, Répondez s'il vous plaît. They just want a response. Well, can I tell you something? God just wants a response. Are you going to accept the invitation, show up, and enjoy the benefits of being in his company? Or are you going to say, no, unable to attend, I've got something better to do. Or I've got something I'd much rather prefer. Now, when an invitation is made, come on now, we shouldn't take that lightly. Because that means you made the top list of a person's life. Why? I mean, you're important when you... Hey, we gotta understand that. When you receive an invitation, you ought to automatically think to yourself, I am important. Somebody thought about me enough to say, hey, at this wedding or at this bridal shower or at this baby shower or at this luncheon, I really want you there. So that's why we ought to take invitations seriously. Amen. A little bit of, you know, of of etiquette. Man, if you get an invitation in the mail, don't throw it on the nightstand and let it sit there till two days before somebody's event. And then you want to call and say, oh, I really want to come. The answer is no. Why? Because when you receive the invitation... Number one, you didn't feel honored and you won't honor the person who sent it by just simply saying, yes or no, I accept or I decline. But you got to say something. So tonight we have been presented with an invitation there in Matthew chapter 11, an invitation from Christ himself saying, come to me. Anybody, come on, that's laboring and that's heavy laden. Anybody toiling, anybody burdened down, anybody frustrated, anybody working too hard, anybody not enjoying the walk, anybody not enjoying rest, anybody not having fun, anybody whose life does not feel like a party, you've got an invitation from Christ to come to him. And he's telling you when you show up or when you come to him, he has something there for you. It's called rest. So if I say, yes, Lord, I'm coming to you, I can expect to leave his presence with what? Rest. Rest. So listen, our lives as Christians is supposed to be a life of uh, perpetual vacation. I said perpetual vacation. See, that word rest means recreation. It It means to stop toiling. It means to sit down. It means a cessation from all of your work. It means that you are now on vacation. Think about it when you're at work and your vacation starts the following Monday and it's Friday at 4.30. You have completely shut down. You're not answering the phone. You're not returning any emails. Come on now. You said, I'm out. Nothing aggravates you at 4.30 on Friday before a vacation. Well, can I tell you something? In this life, nothing should be aggravating us. Nothing should be frustrating us. Nothing should put us on the run. Nothing should say, I just got to get away. Nothing should make us call in and say, I just need a mental health day. So I think as Christians, we got to take that out of our mouths. I just need a mental health day. Now, let's not say that anymore because we have been invited to receive rest. So whether it's Monday at 8.05, I should not be agitated. If it's Tuesday at 3.36 p.m., I should not be agitated. Why? Because if I'm in Christ and I have agreed to join up with him, hook up with him, I automatically have what? Rest. I automatically have rest. I'm automatically on vacation, amen? Now listen, when we do take a vacation, It should be because I want to see something new. I want to experience something else. I want to try something else. But it never should be because, hey, I just got to go. You know, uh, Jesus did not live his life on the run. If you look at the disciples, none of them did. And I don't think any of us have ever suffered the way those guys suffered. I mean, they took Jesus and wanted to throw him head first over a cliff. As soon as he started his ministry, they wanted to kill him. Did Jesus run away and say, Father, you know, send me somewhere remote. I I just got to go. I can't do this. Hey, better yet, I'm coming on back to glory because I've had enough of this. Nope. They threw him down. I got a feeling he climbed back up and went to preaching again. Yes. Come on now. They killed Paul. They tried to kill Paul. They tried. They tried. We know Paul didn't shut up, did he? Nope, he didn't retreat, did he? He didn't run away. So guess what? Our lives are not supposed to be spent in constant retreat. The devil should never have us in a place where, listen, I'm done. I got to go. I'm throwing in the towel. I quit. Jesus was never on the lamb. You know what it means to be on the lamb? It means to be on the run. He was never on the run. So can I say something tonight? As Christians, we should never be on the run. We should never get to a place where I don't want to answer my phone. I don't want to see another face. I don't want to hear another this. I don't. We shouldn't get there. Because if we've gotten there, that means we have not accepted the what. I want you to feel bad if you if you're in that place. Don't feel bad if you're in that place. Go to Psalm number forty-two and verse five. Look at this. Now we know this is David. In Acts it says that David was a man after God's own heart. But three times he made this phrase: Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? So he says it there in Psalm 42 and 5. He says it again in that same psalm in verse 11. Then he'll say it again in the next psalm, uh, Psalm 43 and verse 5. So David found himself in a place where my soul is just really out of whack. I'm not on vacation. This thing ain't fun. I mean, David found himself literally on the run. Right. Yeah, when we look at 1 Samuel 22 and he's in that cave of Abdullah, it's not because they're on a camping trip. (laughs) They weren't out front, you know, making s'mores and chilling. No, Saul, Saul whom he served, Saul whom he loved, Saul, he served in his own palace, was out to kill him. And he wasn't playing. Now, does anybody have a hit on their head right now that you know of? Okay, then don't run. (laughs) Well, the devil trying to kill us. No, guys, no. He can't. I said he can't. So why are we running from somebody who can't do anything to us in any area of our life? Well, no, he got all in my money. No, he didn't. You got into your money. If you're saved... <laughs> He's all in my health. He's not. No, he's not. You've been hedged in, right? So we've got to pick which side we're on. Either we say, my confession is I'm hedged in. I am protected on all sides. Or we keep making the erroneous confession that the devil's on my track trying to me. Which one is it going to be? Come on. Because we can't say on this side, Sunday morning, God's got me, I'm winning, I am victorious, I'm more than a conqueror. And then get to Wednesday and we're claiming, oh my God, the devil's so busy. Who cares? He's all in my... How did he do that? All right, you get the point. So tonight we're going to look at the recipe... A restful life. you got to accept the invitation. Can we see Psalm 42 and 5 in the CEV, please? Contemporary English version. It says, why am I discouraged? Why am I restless? Why can't I sleep at night? Why am I tossing and turning? Why am I pulling my hair out? Why am I biting my nails? Why am I so fretful? Why am I chugging this much coffee? Why? 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 Think about it. Why are people now not drinking coffee anymore? Like they should especially in this city, and they're drinking that stuff called kava. Anybody heard of kava? Kava is the latest they're calling it coffee, but it is not coffee so please do not go downtown to those cute little coffee shops and order yourself a cup of kava because kava is what they give people who are trying to come off of heroin. It will make you just as high. Now I'm telling now I'm hoping ain't nobody in here looking for a high. You're gonna take this and say I'm about to drink. It's a drug, ladies and gentlemen. And people are sipping on it all downtown trying to calm their nerves. So the coffee bars, the cute coffee bars that everybody wanna go in, they're not looking for Starbucks, they're looking for kava. So you'll see it on the side of the building's kava. What about Kratom? K-R-A-T-O-M. Same thing. A cute little tea that they're drinking. To calm themselves down. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that if you're not disquieted, if you're not frustrated, if you're good, if you're happy, if everything's wonderful for you, can I tell you, some of your neighbors, things aren't great. Now, we started out this year really looking at evangelism and how to get out there. But I got a feeling, God stopped pastor because... He found that we can't really reach the world effectively if we're not happy. If we're not enjoying. How can I convince you? My husband gets on me all the time. And I mean all the time. I'll smell something. And it will smell horrible. And I'll say, babe, smell this. (laughs) And he'll say, why do you want me to smell that with your face looking like that? (laughs) That and I'm asking him why, why, and I'm telling by now I should know. (laughs) But he was like, Why do you want me to taste something that you don't like? I'm going to let you draw the connection. I'm going to let you draw the connection. Maybe that's why my cousin don't want to come to church. Because I'm always sad. I'm always upset. I'm always frustrated. I'm always crying. I'm always sitting in the house with the curtain closed. Come on. We can't perpetuate or get something out there that we're not even convinced works. Uh, uh, I'm tell you to go stay at any hotel I did not enjoy. I'm not going to tell you to go to any restaurant that I did not enjoy. So why would I come to a Jesus, to a Savior, to a Lord that you don't look like you enjoy? So that's why we got to be happy. And everybody wants to act like oh pastor, oh happy, happy. Happy, happy. Pastor God wants us happy. God wants us happy. Yes! God needs us happy. I mean, because aren't those people the ones you just find yourself drawn to? Think about the girl in high school who everybody liked. Now, I'm not talking like her for the wrong reason. I'm not talking about... Her. I'm talking about that bubbly girl who never was sad, who always had a bounce, her ponytail always swung, You know what I'm saying? Who always had a... (laughs) Always got a spin, always got a twirl. Why was she so attractive? Because no matter what's going on, she's happy. She's happy. So who wants to come to church with a group of people who are complaining? whose Facebook posts read like a schizophrenic good God, do you love Jesus or not? Are you winning or not? Or not? Tell me Tell me So then we go and we say hey, I want to invite you to come and meet Jesus and they're looking at you thinking, I want to invite you to meet Jesus. <laughs> because he can't be that good. Yeah, 42. Let me see um, 6. Go to verse 6 for me. Same psalm. Oh, you know what? Take me back to the King James or the New King James. There's a word I'm looking for. Go back to verse 5 for me. Yeah. Do you see that? Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieting me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So when God puts his countenance on your countenance, when he smiles on you, your countenance ought to to change. There is no way we can keep saying, God has smiled on me. He has. Well, then smile then. Because what I'll prove to you is if I stood in your face and just smiled, and I'm telling you in less than 10 seconds, you're going to smile too. If I just start laughing uncontrollably, you don't even know what the joke is, you weren't reading what I was reading, you'll catch yourself and you'll be rolling and laughing too. Well, if the countenance of God has looked into your face, what's your joke? countenance then look like it should look happy it should look victorious it should look peaceful it should look well rested hallelujah so listen I'm going to tell you something about this invitation this is not true for most invitations but for this one it's true this invitation is completely transferable okay so what do you mean by that Sometimes you'll receive an invitation to like visit a hotel or visit an amusement park and they'll tell you that this offer is not transferable. That means that you can't give it to your mom and then she'd go and enjoy it. But with this invitation, it's completely transferable. If you don't need it, give it to somebody else. God wants them happy. Now, I know the world needs it. Why? I want to give you guys a, a stat that just I almost wanted to fall on the floor. Everybody, uh, Anybody know about Ambien? Yeah, Roseanne Barr said it turned her to an atheist. Yeah, Yeah, that that drug. (laughs) The drug that derailed uh, Tiger Woods' career, ruined his marriage, that drug, that is so readily available that all you have to do is go to the doctor and just say, oh, last night I had a hard time sleeping, and you're gonna come out with Ambien. Oh, please, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and they're giving it to kids. No, please, Lord. But Ambien or the sleep aid, it's a sleep aid, is a temporary fix. Because the world wants some peace. I said the world wants some peace, the world wants rest. They want what we're supposed to have. But they're trying to get it from Ambien, from Valium, from uh, Prozac, and Zoloft, and all sorts of things. But it doesn't help. They even tell you Ambien, you're only supposed to be on it for a little while. But people find that taking the pill does not help, so you've got long term Ambien users who are just as uh, addicted as your local heroin addict or crack addict. They are just as dangerous. Can I tell you something? Doctors are taking Ambien. Airplane pilots are taking Ambien. Listen to me. Between 2006 and 2011, prescription pills rose from 47 million. This is old data, y'all. This is seven years old. 47 million prescriptions to 60 million prescriptions in the U.S. About 38 million, I said million, of those are for uh, Ambient. Just let that marinate for a minute. So there are 38 million people who have said, well, I'm sorry, 60 million people who have said, I can't sleep. When God... Come on. Uh has said I'll give you sleep and I'll give you sweet sleep the God that says if you come unto me come on if you're burdened down heavy laden and I will give you rest and you're not sleeping does the world look like they need Jesus yes alright 60 million people need help resting now this is the one that got near to my heart And I said, okay, Lord, you got to show me how to help with this. It said about one out of five adult women are taking a psychiatric drug and that rate doubled that of men. So mommies are taking psychiatric drugs at a rate double that of men. One in five? One in five? One, two, three, four, five. Which one of you? One, two, three, four, five. No, this is the stat. One, two, three, four, five. You, You see how many that would be if one out of five in this microcosm of society were taking some sort of psychiatric drug that I need help to rest when God said that I'll what? I'll give you rest. So here, God has a system and it does not require drugs. (laughs) Does not require alcohol. Does not require marijuana. That's why people smoking it. That's why they smoking it. They don't care. Give me the oil. Give me whatever. Just whatever make me calm down? Why? Because they want rest and don't know how to get it. But I'm showing you tonight the recipe as to how to get it and how to keep it. All right? So let's go over to Isaiah 32, uh, verse 17. Let's look at that in the NLT. So we're going to help people find this rest. And this rest that they need is found in Jesus. But I, I found out that even with us who are in the body of Christ, the reason that this message has, you know, come forth or these messages have come forth between Pastor and myself is because a lot of us have chosen to come to church, but we've not yet had a come to Jesus moment. You know, people have signed up for church, they've signed commitment cards, but I'm questioning at this point, how many people have said yes to Jesus Oh, well, I'm not saying they're not saved or you're not saved. I'm saying how many people have not yet accepted his righteousness, his peace, his love, his joy, his Holy Spirit. I venture to say most of the body of Christ have not because they're still struggling with whether I need the Holy Ghost or not. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, I definitely know you don't know this rest and this peace I'm talking about because one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. All right. So we've got to get to a place where we're not just coming to church. We're not just doing these rote daily Bible readings that we speed reading through the Proverbs, speed reading through some sort of devotional every day, speed reading some post on Facebook. No, guys, we gotta get to a place where we're so connected and so drawn to Christ that we say what Paul says, Christ is my life. (laughs) I don't know anything else outside of Christ and him crucified, what else is there? Okay, so that's the place that we've gotta get to, okay? So we're in Isaiah 32 and verse 17, it says, And this righteousness that most of the church doesn't know about will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. Verse 18, please. My people, 18, yeah, will live in safety, quietly at home. They will be at rest. So do you think our rest is important to God? Yeah, it's real important to him, okay? Now let's look at something else. Go to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I'm going to show you what the problem is. I found it. I said, oh God. Look at this. It says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Ask. Where's the old path? Ask. Ask ask okay where is the good way oh now there's a next step now you've got to walk therein and look at the result and ye shall find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk therein see what I'm talking about when I say we have the come to church experience but we don't have the come to Jesus experience yet Remember from John chapter 1 that Jesus is the word. So if we got, we got to get to a place where we have such a relationship with the word that whatever the word says, I do it. I mean, whatever the word says, I do it. Look at verse 17. It says also. So that means in addition to what we did before. He said, I also set watchmen over you. I gave you pastors. Saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. So, (laughs) go back to 16 for me. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to walk in that. 17, no, we're not gonna listen to that. Mm-hmm. So when a sister getting an attitude uh-huh. that says, I ain't doing that and I ain't trying to hear that. Right. Right. Now let your child stand in your face. Uh-uh. Oh, <laughs> no, really. They're gonna stand toe-to-toe with you. Uh-huh. You feel their breath in your face. Oh, wow. uh-huh. And they say to you, I ain't doing that and I ain't hearing that. How much rest are they going to have that night? Ain't going to be no rest. I said, ain't going to be no rest. All right, child of God. I said, all right, child of God. 53-year-old child of God, mm-hmm. when you stand toe to toe in God's mm-hmm. face and says, "I'm not gonna do that. I ain't trying to hear that." Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't. I would No, I wouldn't. I, no, I, I would I would No, I wouldn't say yeah. Come on. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. God ain't trying to do that. That's why Tyler ain't 100% in church. I ain't about to do that. And the moment the pastor says something about time, your ears go deaf. Because I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> the watchman got on the wall and said, get out of debt. Yep. Woo. Yep. Listen, 2008, the watchman got on the wall. It wasn't 08 because it happened in 08. It had to be 06. 07, 06 or 07. He got on the wall. He stood right here. Don't buy any houses. <laughs> And '08, the bottom fell out. But see, in 06 or '07, people said, I ain't finna do that. And I ain't trying to hit that. Because I'm buying a house. And I will tell you right now that not one person that I know of, and I know them, who did that, do they still own it? And I don't mean they don't own it because they sold it. I said they don't own it because they took it. Mm. <laughs> when the watchman said. Uh-huh. 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 Pastor said the other day, a few weeks ago, that the devil's going to try you. Yes. I said, the devil's going to try you. Yes. <laughs> Did the devil try anybody? Yes. But were you prepared when he tried you? Yes. Did you win when he tried yes. you? You know why? Because you decided whatever he's, I'm gonna walk in it yes. and I'm gonna hear it. Come on. That's right. Now there are some who ain't pay him a bit of mine. Come on. And they're rocking and reeling right now. But you can't tell because they can still smile. See. Smiling on this, this, this thing we do when we come to church is a very physical response. Yes. Yes. When somebody catches my eye, I go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when I don't think anybody looking. Right? Okay, so we, we should never be taken off guard. We should never be pulled out of our what? Our rest. Let's go to Matthew. Back to Matthew chapter 11. I want to read it to you in the, uh, the Passion Translation which we got to figure out how to get that on the computer because this has become my favorite oh listen to this are you weary carrying a heavy burden then come to me you've been to the world you've been to the psychiatrist you've been to the counselor you ever thought about coming to me Look what he said. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. You know what an oasis is? A pool of water in the desert. He says, I am your oasis. All right? He says, simply, it's not hard. He says, simply, join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. All that you, man, it will be pleasant. Oh no, God's way is so hard. I tried. Pastor Kim, I tried. No, you tried your way. Because his way. See, I believe his word. So if I find myself doing something and it's not easy, it's not pleasant, then I'm not in his way. Because he said his ways, they're pleasant and they're easy to bear. He's removing burdens, not giving burdens. If I find myself burdened, then I'm dealing with the anti-anointing and not anointing alright now let's see these same passages in the message wait till y'all hear this one. I almost just wanted to read this in about 12 translation and drop the mic bam what you gonna do you know look at this are you tired I'm gonna read it like this are you tired yet yeah that's chemified right there are you tired yet? I'm not tired yet. Well, why you look so bad? <laughs> I'm not tired yet. Well, why are you sleeping so much? You know, happy people don't sleep that much. Happy people be ready to start their day. You know what I'm saying? They got, they got. Ooh, I'm so, I can't wait for the day to start, right? Worn out. Look at this. Burned out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. See that? Same thing we saw in Isaiah, right? And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced. I said unforced. See, when you're in Christ and you start doing something, you know what I'm saying? See, I'm really Latin and y'all can't tell. So the moment I hear like some bongo or some castanets or something. You know, it's like a... Uh, uh, you know, it just... it just... It's unforced. It's unforced. I'm going to do my 23andMe. Y'all going to be surprised when y'all find out my great-granddad was Mexican. Y'all going to be mad. Y'all going to be mad. Y'all been picking on me all these years. You're going to be mad. Watch. Watch how do it. Learn the unforced rhythms. (laughs) Look at this. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting. Anybody ever put on something ill fitting? (laughs) You know what? If your praise stay right here. (laughs) It's called under the moms. you can't do like <laughs> ill-fitting, you know what I'm saying? You put on something and it binds. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I just have these rules. Like if you're a 48-waist as a man, and, and I don't mind 48 waist, because I don't like little, you know, amen. Bless little men. Um put <laughs> a 48 waist in skinny pants, it don't work. You them downtown, they walking <laughs> trying to be cool but can't get a full stride. And then go to take off running, they trip themselves because they get caught. They get caught right there. Incene <laughs> doesn't start at your knees, man. It don't start at your knees. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Listen, because he won't put anything on you ill-fitting. He won't put anything on you ill-fitting. Verse 30. Keep company with me. And you'll learn. Look at that. And you'll learn. See, you don't know this automatically. I said you'll learn. To live freely and lightly. You'll learn. See, there's very little work on your part to accept the invitation. That's a one. It's either yay or nay. It's either accept or decline. Okay? Put it on the yoke. Take my yoke. That's a one time I'm taking your yoke, God. I'm going to join myself with you. A yoke is that big wooden thing that they join two oxen together to work. They put one on one's neck, one on the other's neck. No matter where one goes, the other one has to follow. Right, right. I said, has to follow. Right? Now, it's real easy when both are working together. When they're both working together, right? That's how you get over into the unforced rhythms of grace. We're working together. We're dancing in tandem, you know? It says, but you got to learn his ways. And I'm going to tell you, it's a process. Learning how Christ operates... You take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which the grace teachers are trying to get us out of, but I'm going to beg you. Don't ever throw away the red. Don't ever throw away the Gospels. Don't take the Gospels and say, I'm going to make it a part of the Old Testament. It's no longer relevant. Don't let anybody do that to you. Because right here it's telling you, you've got to learn Christ's ways. And the only way you're going to learn Christ's ways are two ways. You're either going to learn them through revelation of the Holy Ghost, right? Or you're going to learn them by looking at the red and watching how he operated and what he did. But it's a process. Learning is a process. You know, just because you took Algebra 1 does not mean you're ready for calculus. You've got to learn some things in between. You've got to learn Algebra 2. You've got to learn Pre-Calculus. You've got to learn uh, Trigonometry. There are things you got to do before you just sign up for Calculus A, B. You're going to be hurting. Because there, there's things that you don't want. No. But we have a Bible, ladies and gentlemen. We have a Watchman, ladies and gentlemen. So the time should be moving along. It shouldn't be that bad, okay? So we got to learn how to do this. Now, here's the key. We can't do this by ourselves. We learn in the Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 28 and 1. You can test me, I don't know. Uh, Where a man who isolates himself, no, that's the other one. 18 and 1. Man who isolates himself. He intermeddles with all wisdom, gets all over into all sorts of things, right? Now, listen to me. We read in the Message Bible, it said, uh, go back to that uh, Matthew 11, verse 28 in the Message. It says, come to me. You're gonna do, yep. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to rest. But before that, it said what? Are you burned out on what? Yes. Now, I'm not talking about should we wear skirts, no. <laughs> you know, how long the skirt should be. Should women wear pants to church? I'm not talking about that as religion. Here's the definition we're going to use for religion. It's a cause, a principle, or system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. It's whatever you have attached your believing to. So there are people who are religious about their horoscope in the church. And so you got to um, get to a place where you find out that ain't working. Going to talk to the the lady, you know, in the dark room, in the back of that store. <sighs> no, I'm telling you, religion. America wants to think it's not religious, but it's very religious. They're just not worshiping God. I mean, we've gotten to the place now where we're worshiping rocks. That people will pull a rock out of their pocket. Oh, I'm wearing lavender. It's going to, you know, I mean, amethyst is going to make me calm. I'm wearing, you know, amazonite and it's going to give me stability. You know, I'm wearing um, tiger's eye and it's going to center me. And I'm. Crystals crystals in the window. Now listen to me. They have no power. They're rocks. I have a pretty nice collection of those rocks. Because God made some beautiful rocks. You know, I had to start making my own because I wanted to order myself all of these stone bracelets, right? So I found this site, uh, Business in Nashville. Ladies selling them uh, Judith Light or somebody like that. It's a business. She owned the website. You know, hey. And she said, oh yeah, I was ordered, getting ready to click, and it said, All of these beads have been prayed over by a Buddhist monk, and da 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 da. Oh! 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 <laughs> Cancel order. Now, as funny as that sounds, what things have we attached? Yeah. I walk to. I do this over and over and over. We become religious about things and we get to a place where it's no longer fun, it's no longer pleasant, it's no longer easy, it's, no, it's, it's just no longer making me happy. Why? Because you've not connected with Christ. You've connected with church. So those are people trying to serve their way to. I'm on every every ministry they have because I'm just trying to work my way. No, he ain't looking. You'll learn to serve. But I'm talking about getting to know Christ and getting to know why you're serving before you serve. But people get burned out on religion. They get burned out. I don't ask anybody to carry my nothing all the time. Because you get burnt out with that. Every time Pastor I get up and go to the bathroom. Don't run behind me. <laughs> y'all ain't never seen it it becomes religious and it wears people out really you gonna make every outreach well shouldn't I be at every outreach yeah if you're doing it because you're connected and not doing it because you're religious don't even come to church every week Because you're religious about coming to church. We ought to be coming because I know God has a word for me. I know there is an answer in the house for me. I know that when my man of God speaks, my woman of God speaks, that they're speaking right into my destiny. But don't do it because I have to. That's called religion. You'll burn out on that, all right? You'll burn out on that. All right. So we're not going to fool up with religion. But we can't do it alone, ladies and gentlemen. The problem with the world is they're trying to do it without Christ. So they're trying to do it with rocks. They're doing it with, you know, aromatherapy. Going to people's houses and you're sneezing. Will you unplug some of that stuff? They're putting aromatherapy in your bees. Like, yo, will y'all stop? You know what I'm saying? All the things that they're doing trying to get to God. But you can't do it alone. You gotta have someone to get you there. You need, listen to me y'all. This is my own turn. You need a happiness leader. You need somebody to get you there. You need a happiness leader. No, I'm telling you, you need a, say I need a happiness leader. Because I you learn how to be happy. You got to learn how to be happy. You got to, I said, you got to learn how to be happy. See, because if I leave you to your own ways, you'll find goofy ways to be happy. Left to yourself, you do all sorts <laughs> of That makes you happy? No, really. Happiness, enjoyment is not jumping off something. 500 feet in the air, and it's not on fire. Why? 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 Going in a cave underwater, you know, 3,000 leagues under the sea. Why? No, really, why? Oh, well, that just makes me what? That ain't happiness. See, happiness is I feel that way even when I'm not in that situation. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just happy. You know you can be happy and not leave your house all week. But we think the street runners are happy. They can't keep a full tank of gas for three days because they up and down the street. Oh, they're so happy. They're not happy. They're restless. They cannot. Oh. I'm so bored. See, you're not happy. I don't want to. You can't say bored in my. You bored. Go cut some grass. Wash some dishes. It's always weeds out there. Go we've got we need a happiness leader listen to this we've got to be led beside still waters see because you don't know how to find the still waters you, I said you don't know how to find the still waters yes I do I'm just as spiritual then he wouldn't say you have to be led beside them so let's go to David. Go to First Samuel twenty-two verses one and two. Thank you, media, so much for your help. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brother and all his father's house heard it, they came to him. Come to me. They came to him. They came to who? Him. him. Who is him? They came to say it loud. David! They came to David! You know, like in a classroom with a teacher, see, when you're not sure, you whisper. But when you know that you know your stuff, you're the loudest one in the room. Twelve! You know, all right, don't talk loud. We're confident about this thing, right? Verse two. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, right? Their souls have no rest, right? They came to him. They gathered themselves to him. And he became what? Captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. 400 men who needed somebody to help them. These people weren't sad. Are you kidding me? Have you been in debt? Were you happy about it? No. You ever been discontented? Did it feel good, did it? Distressed? Okay, so they needed to be happy. Now, go to verse 23 for me, same chapter. Look at what David said, because you know David's on the wrong soul. David said, yoke up with me. Fear not. For he that's looking for your soul, that word is life, but it's really soul. You see that in the Hebrew, it's the word nephesh. your soul. They're seeking my soul. I said they're looking for your soul, but they're already seeking my soul. But I've already learned how to deal with things that try to disrupt my soul. See, a bill can't move me anymore. I said, a bill can't move me anymore. Because I know what it is to get an unexpected bill and deal with it. A phone call can't move me anymore. Nor does it move. David said, listen, the same people after your soul, they're after my soul, but look at this. But with who? With me. You shall be in safeguard. You shall be kept safe. I said, David said... David's a type of Christ, right? That means that when you look at his story and his pattern, it lines up with the pattern and the ways and the stories of Christ, right? It says, but with me, if you stay with me, if you abide with me, if you hook up with me, if you're yoked up with me, if you come to me, you are going to be just fine. Okay. Now watch this. Go over. We're going to look at these same guys to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 6. David taught him some stuff in that cave. They didn't just come to David and make him captain and not learn his ways. I said and not learn his ways. I'm going to be bold right here. There is no way in the world you could sit around, Pastor and myself, for this many years and not have learned our ways. That's right. That's right. See, I can tell the ones who learned the ways. One of the things that, I, you know, he's, he doesn't know I'm going to call him out, but we have a deacon. And it's so funny because when he first came, he used to love to wear Timberlands. And his whole wardrobe <laughs> were Timberlands. Timberlands, Timberlands, Timberlands and jeans. And then it's like one day all of a sudden he looked at pastor and got a revelation. And the next thing we knew He was suited up. When I say suited up. I mean three piece head. to. to. Pastor looked up. We were sitting right here. He said that brother got it. I said huh. He said he got it. And when I tell you. I've not seen him come in here on a Sunday. T-shirt jeans and Timberland. Because it's impossible. To be yoked up. Right. I said it's impossible yes. to have come to somebody, been yoked up with somebody, and not learn their ways. That's why we watch our children's friends. Yes. That's, right. That's, right. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. Cause you will find out that little Timmy can learn little Jimmy's ways, yes. and little Susie can learn little Sarah's ways. And if you don't like Sarah and you don't like Jimmy, don't allow them around Timmy and Susie because they're going to become one in the same. They'll be almost indistinguishable. So there's, it's impossible for these men to have been around David in a cave and not learn his ways. We're going to see how they learn his ways. Look at this. It says, Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel, And the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the rulers of the king's work, offered willingly. Now, right before that, David bought his offering. Verse 7. And gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver, 10,000 talents and of brass, 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. So, David was a big giver. They became big givers. David was a mighty man of war. These men who were distressed, in debt, and discontented read their stories. They became so bad in war, nobody wanted to deal with them. I mean, I'm telling you. You read some of those stories, and you're like, "Oh man, that's that's like Jason Bourne. That's like John Wick. What in the? They did what? They learned his ways. I said they learned his ways. All right. So you need a happiness leader. Go to First uh, Chronicles 22 and 9. We're gonna see David's son it says behold a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest he shall be a man of rest it says and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about for his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days so what was on Solomon got over unto a whole nation I said what was on Solomon got onto a whole nation because what you come to what you yoke up with and the ways that you learn is what you'll become so all Israel knew under the leadership and reign of Solomon was rest alright now go to Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 oh here she go And I will give you pastors. And I, who is the I you think there? God, the Lord. God. will Jehovah, that's another one. Adonai. Elohim. He will give you pastors according to his heart. Who shall feed you with what? You can't give knowledge that you don't have and you can't give understanding that you don't have lest you be an echo and there'll be no results. I've seen a lot of echoes, y'all. I said I've seen a lot of echoes. And they got powerhouse ministries until you read about them in the paper. And then you find out that they had no knowledge nor understanding. However, I'm telling you I said I'm telling you that you can follow us. Because this ain't been the quick and easy. It's only been easy because of the grace of God. But we didn't take the shortcut out. Do you know how easy it is to fool Christians? If I went and leased an S500 tomorrow, and I could, and I put it out there, and I came in here with Louboutin on, red-bottom shoes, And the biggest Louis Vuitton, I'll probably get the artsy navy blue with the red trim. That one. And I went to two ladies' conferences. This church would be full. Then I go and I'm going to get Latoya some because she's leading praise and worship. See, I got to make sure everybody looks the part. And I'm going to convince top tier leadership hey, go and lease you something nice, D. Go go lease you something nice. That escalate all black, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna lie on the street, then I'm gonna make some posters. (laughs) I'm telling you the formula, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm gonna change my whole everything. You no more van sneakers, no more jeans, no more none of that. No, 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 every time you see me. It's going to be skinny jeans, a blazer, a weave, big earrings, and glasses this big. Feet hurting, but I'll never let anybody know. And then we're going to have a concert twice a year. Now we're borrowing from the bank to do it, but we're going to have it. Because I believe that if we get enough people in here, it's been tried, it's been proven, it works. But you'll find out that they don't have really a knowledge and an understanding of how the ways of Christ work. Right? Right? So don't get caught up on it, right? But he says, I'll give you pastors who are after my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now go to chapter 23, verses 3 and 4. Is that easy. Don't get fooled, y'all. And I will gather the remnant. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants us to have that stuff. Let me just put that disclaimer in there so when I come in here, don't think all of a sudden I fell off the deep end. Come on now. Come on. Come on. But we will not be borrowing. We will not be fleecing the people. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse four. And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Look at their souls. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed; neither shall they be lacking. Says the Lord. So look, their souls found rest because they were properly connected with a happiness leader. Well, I can just hook up directly with Christ. Can I tell you a secret? When your soul get good and dumb, and the crazy shit really get the riding. <laughs> You don't even know how to call Christ. <laughs> Your prayers aren't effective. Yeah, yeah, you need somebody right. who will say, sit down right here. Right. right. You know it's not that bad, right? Right. Right. Hey, get some tissue and stop all that snotting and crying because I can't stand it. Okay. This is about how it's going to go. I'm going to show you how it's going to go. <laughs> all right, you better? Not really, let's go back over this again. Did you die? <laughs> okay, then let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I know it really hurts. It really hurts. It really hurts. It really hurts. No, but I'm trying to get you back over in the happiness. So we don't have time to keep rehearsing. I don't want to hear the, I don't wanna hear the gist. Just give me the gist of it. I don't want the details. Yeah. He said, she said, then they when they went. Oh no. Shh. Do you want to be happy or not? Then stop looking at them. This is what I'm gonna tell you. Stop looking at them and look unto Jesus. Do you feel better? No, not yet, Pastor Kim. Okay, so you don't want to walk in and you don't want to. But I want you to, I want you to feel what I no, I'm not going there with you. Because a happiness leader cannot get you to happiness if we get down there and start whining and crying with you how many women's conferences I've walked out of because they started crying? Oh, no. I came to be happy. Give me a fashion show. Give me something, but I ain't here for this. I walk out on you. Why? Because it's important. The state of our souls is important, man. Look at this. That you won't fear anymore. Do you know fear has torment? Fear has torment. Anybody enjoy being tormented? No. All right? No more dismayed, neither lacking. Anybody enjoy lack? I mean, the last time I went to the grocery store and couldn't afford what I was buying, I didn't enjoy that very much. The last time I wanted, deep, pancakes and chicken nuggets, (laughs) and I couldn't get them. It wasn't right, deep. But Sunday I had pancakes and chicken nuggets. (laughs) See, I didn't enjoy it when I couldn't. I said, I didn't enjoy it when I couldn't. So happiness leaders are trying to get you to a place where there's no more lack, you're no more dismayed, and you're not walking around in fear of anything. Amen? Now, how do we do that? First, got to come to Christ. So say, I need a happiness leader. You need one. I need one. I got one. I watch Dad, Durbin, Mama, Alberta. They ain't got to call me every day. I got to call them every day. They got enough messages online, enough books written call them every day. Just connect with them. Partner with them. And what's on them? Right? So, I need a happiness leader. But I first got to come to Christ, alright? I got to commit to his ways. Say that. Say, I commit to his ways. To his ways. So I'm going to abandon all other schools of thoughts. Amen. Don't tell me nothing else about what somebody else said, because I don't care. Okay? <laughs> Well, you know, they said, no, the moment you say they and you can't even tell me who they are, I definitely don't want to hear it. And the moment you come and you know their name and you know all of their traditions, and I'm going to ask you, are they saved? Okay, I don't want to hear about what they said. You know how much trouble I got in the financial, uh, financially listening to unsaved people? Talk me into a $25,000 HELOC because it made so much sense. Don't nothing make sense about a HELOC. <laughs> Home equity line of credit. Um, and it just got I'm me. you to unsaved people. Oh, that's me, yes, I'm not, <laughs> yes, I'm not, that's me. <laughs> I'm literally preaching to myself. <laughs> but they get you into trouble. They get you into trouble. You know how I many trouble, oh man, Tr- trouble I got into listening to my friends. Teenagers, stop listening to your friends. I said, teenagers, stop listening. All eyes on me. One, two, three. All eyes on me. That's right. That's right. Stop listening. I'm over here. Stop listening. I'm over here. I'm right here. Come on. Stop listening to your friends. Look at. I'm up here. They're dumb. I said they're dumb. Because if they knew so much and had so much sense, they'd be a lot further along than they are. If they're not saved... Holy Ghost filled, making good grades, honoring their mommy and daddy, and somebody church serving, shut up, telling me about what they said. And you definitely stop being ignorant enough to follow, come on, another blind donkey to the water. A blind donkey following a blind donkey, that's just two dead donkeys. (laughs) Did y'all get that picture? A blind donkey. You know donkey's dumb anyways. <laughs> and a mule is dumber than a donkey. Yeah, yeah. See, I ain't call you a mule. I called you a donkey. <laughs> Mom, <her> she- <laughs> yeah, don't listen to them. Right? Abandon all other schools of thought. Exactly. Yeah. I said abandon. Yeah. All that stuff grandma taught you, it doesn't make sense. No. Throwing salt over your shoulder, it makes no sense. <laughs> Going back around the pole, it makes no sense. Covering mirrors cause it's lightning, it makes no sense. Man gotta cross your threshold first on the New Year's Day, it makes no sense. And collard greens and black eyed peas on January the first is not gonna make you rich. Stop listening to that foolishness. Come on now, not putting your purse on the floor is not gonna make you poor. My purse is always on the floor abandon all other schools of thought. Don't put your hat on the bed. You know how much stuff we were raised with that we brought over into the church and we're wondering why we have no rest? Don't buy a man a pair of shoes. He'll walk out on you. If I didn't buy my husband's shoes, he might only have dress shoes. Because that's all he gonna buy. Do you see these things? Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Don't listen to your professor. They don't know nothing. You want to be a doctor? Go get your fiducius desk reference. Let's get you one of the big books from Merck and read it. Y'all know they don't remember all that stuff from school, right? Do you remember everything you learned in school? All right, then. So abandon all other schools of thought. Oh, Dick, it ain't going to... Oh, you just want Okay, you just being kind. <laughs> go to Hebrews 11:6. <laughs> That's just D. He ain't going <laughs> to... But without faith, look at that. It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to him... Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I've got to come to Christ knowing that there's a benefit in coming to him. And when I come to him, I'm going to be rewarded. All of that other stuff they're offering us out there, garbage. All right. Two, I'm going to take on his yoke. I'm going to hook up with Christ. I'm going to be joined to him. I'm going to connect with him properly. Say that. Say, I'm going to connect with Christ properly. Properly. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 16 in the Passion Translation. Well, i got to hurry up. Come on, y'all. It says, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers, do you see how good this is? Into our innermost being. You are God's Beloved child. And since we are his true children. We qualify. To share all his treasures. For indeed. We are heirs of God himself. And since we are. And since we are. Joined to Christ. We also. Inherit all that he is. And all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Now that suffering is not hardships and all of that. That suffering is going through for righteousness' sake. You being excluded from things, you not being invited to the crowd party, because you know you don't drink that Mike's hard lemonade. Why you want hard lemonade? Regular lemonade is good. No. Eat that stuff. But listen, if you're joined to Christ, you will also inherit all that he is, all of his character, all of his ways, all that he knows. We have the mind of Christ, right? Once we join with him, you'll inherit all of that. All right. You got to connect with him properly. Say "Properly." properly. Properly. So when I connect properly. That means that there's nothing twisted. There are no ill motives. I'm not looking for something that's not mine. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting properly. When you connect with your man and woman of God, you connect properly. Yes. Properly. Don't connect because you're looking for a platform. Don't connect because you're looking, you know, to be seen. Don't connect. Don't con- Listen, don't do it for that reason. Because the devil will make sure you're found out. Amen. You connect because you are honoring, you connect because you believe, you connect because you want what's on their life to be on your life, not so that you can get some own your own little glory, your own little thing. Listen, that's the reason most people come to church and don't get what they're supposed to get, because they don't come and connect properly. They come, because it's not in this house, that's why I said they, they come and they listen to, come to church and listen to messages and they read the Bible because they're looking for the next Instagram post. I need something really witty to put up. Something deep and profound. I'm looking for my next blog post. I'm looking for my next book to write. I'm looking for something that'll make me seem so deep and spiritual. That's not connecting properly. When I connect with Christ, I'm looking to learn his ways. I'm looking to say, God, how is this going to help me? I'm going to take this to the nations. There's a calling on my life to reach the masses. Wrong motive. All right. Then you're going to learn his ways. You're going to learn how to conduct yourself in a like manner. Go to Hebrews chapter three, verse 10 in the passion. Once again, I just look at this. It said this ignited my anger with that generation. I said about them, they wander in their hearts just like they do with their feet. (laughs) they get the drifting in their hearts just like they do with their feet and they refuse he was talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness and they refuse look at that and they refuse to learn my ways say I don't refuse I accept his ways ways. come on now so what are Christ's ways we're going to go through this quickly Christ's ways because remember coming to him you got to make a decision that's a decision that you've got to make I can't preach you into that. You've got to go home and say, I want Christ. I've done church. I've done church. I've done church. Come on now. I know. I, I've, I've done church. I know the protocol. I know when to do the welcome. I know when to do the offering. I know how to stand. I know how to sit. Come on now. I know which church I can wear pants in, which church I got to wear skirt. I know which church I got to put a hat on. I know which church won't allow me in the pulpit. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about you've got to make a decision to connect with Christ, that I am going to live for him then you've got to make a decision I can't help you make the decision that you're going to take his yoke that word take literally means to reach down to pick it up and to put it on you're literally going to say I'm reaching down I'm picking up and I'm putting on Christ join yourself with him alright now Christ ways here it is Christ was never moved You read throughout the Gospels. Nothing moved Christ. I said nothing. I tried to find it for you. Nothing moved him. Listen to this. He wasn't moved by storms. Storm comes. They're on the lake. He's sleeping in the boat. He didn't even wake up. They had to go and awaken him. Because storms didn't move him. He's moved by nothing. Christ was chill, y'all. Look, he was not moved by unexpected financial situations. Hey, do your people pay taxes? A tax bill that they say is not a bill, but is really a bill. Didn't move him. Ask me how I know. You open envelopes and that's the first thing it says. This is not a bill. But you get to page twenty-nine, it's a bill. Who y'all fooling? <laughs> it's a bill. Christ got a tax bill. I said Christ got a tax bill, but it didn't move him. Come on now. He's not moved by death. <laughs> oh, really? Come stop grieving so much. Do you know sometimes I told Pastor, he, he likes when I say this. You know, people really over grieve. <laughs> Oh, listen. I'm gonna help everybody with this grief thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out there. I don't know how God's gonna help me with grief. How to teach it? You know, if if Auntie Maynell died, right? And you've not talked to Auntie Maynell in five years. Why are you crying? Tell me why you're crying. Oh, no, I miss her. No, you don't miss her. You've not spoken to her. You don't really know what she looked like when she passed. My daddy died. (laughs) When's the last time you saw him? (laughs) Well, when he came to my high school graduation. Why are you crying? The relationship ended 20 years ago. They passed. Why are you running all over America for a funeral? I I can't. Uh, but don't you honor the dead? Where well, say honor the dead? <laughs> we're over grieving in America, and as Black people, we're really over grieving. You know, a funeral is not the begin all, end all. I'm raising money. Brothers and sisters falling out because you didn't have your three thousand to put towards Mama's funeral. Why are we spending that much money to put somebody down? That ain't even them. Mama's birthday came along and you couldn't get $1,000 together to take everybody to dinner. And now they make everybody pay for their own meal. But now it's funeral time. We're We're over grieving. We're over grieving. We're over grieving. I can't go to work for two weeks. Well, you can't go to work. Man, please. The funeral was Saturday at 11. Get your dress on, go in that funeral. Be home by 1 o'clock and be to work on Monday morning. What are you doing? Come on. I'm just trying to. No, you're not. No, you're not. You've allowed your soul to be disquieted. You didn't even like them that much. I said you didn't even like them that much. Okay. Did that help anybody? They had like. I don't even know what. Jesus won't move by death. Lazarus was his friend. He let him lay four days. Surely the body stinks. Yes, the body stinks. But it didn't move him. He didn't drop everything and run. Stop running, body of Christ. I said, stop running. Somebody call me at midnight. It'll be fine at 10. They might die. They might go to heaven. Well, you're a pastor. How your phone on do not disturb? Because I'm asleep. I said, because I'm asleep. I'm not going to an early grave running behind everybody, auntie, mama, cousin, friend. I know pastors who do that. And they are sick. Physically, high blood pressure. Diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, everything you can name, because they're just running and running and running and running. A funeral every weekend, were they a member of your church? Were they a tithing member? Creole would love to have them. Oh, Pastor Kim, you're so hard. No, I'm not moved by death. Because Christ was not moved by death. I said Christ was not moved by death. If you that moved, go raise them because that's what christ did exactly. got moved by compassion saw the widow named son in that casket being carried out get on up i don't want to see this mama crying oh we i got to get my faith built up on that where does it say that oh well, that's okay he wasn't moved by shortage christ has never moved he was not moved by shortage we got all of these people. The disciples said we need to send them away. Christ said don't send them nowhere. Right. What do you have? Right. Two fish, five loaves of bread. Well, two, whatever. Five and two, two and five. Y'all know the story. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't care about no shortage. Why are you so moved? Because you short $50 on the light bill. Why are you so moved? I said, why are you so good? They might cut my lights off. They might not. Oh, Miss Hatties. (laughs) (laughs) See, y'all think it's me. It's not me. (laughs) No, no, don't get moved by that. Christ wasn't. He's trying to get you to a place where there is no lack. And then when there is lack, he's trying to show you to do what he did. Look up to the father. Father, you got a bill. Father, all these people out here. Come on. on. He's not moved by temptation. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. I'm moved by by no short skirt. They had short skirts back in the day too. You know that right? (laughs) He wasn't moved by high heels, red lipstick. You move because you want to be moved. But he wasn't moved. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Learn his ways. Stop letting everything move you. Amen. Say, nothing moves me. Nothing moves me. I'm founded me. upon a rock. I'm founded upon a rock. Amen. And this rock is Jesus. Y'all know that song, okay. <laughs> okay, another one of his ways. Jesus went to the world for nothing. And to his father for everything. I said Jesus went to the world for nothing. He didn't go ask Caesar for squat. His kingdom, his ministry was self-sufficient, self-funded. He didn't go to them for that. For nothing. Hey, can we go get a grant from the government because I want to educate kids. Go educate kids. You got a fellowship hall, right? Oh, you want money. You just looking for a paycheck. Because if you really want to educate kids, get some coloring books. Dollar Tree got them. I set you up a whole tutoring program at the Dollar Tree and not spend $100. Oh, I just want to... Oh, you really want to minister? You want a tutoring program? Go do it. And watch God bless it when you do it his way. Because in his way, he don't go to the world for anything. But he goes to the Father for how much? For everything. Oh, guys, Jesus was humble. He was so humble. I mean, do you know... When his boy said, hey, you want us to call down a legion of angels to handle this? Y'all stop playing. No. That's what I'm here for. Y'all stop. You know, Peter cut off Malchus, the high priest's servants here. Jesus didn't look at it and say, aha, that's what you get. My boy's got. No. No. Humble man, all right? Look at um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Look how humble he is. And being found in the fashion as a man, so he was a what? Yeah. He humbled himself and became obedient unto the cross, unto death, even the death of the cross, the most shameful way to die. He was hung between two thieves, the most shameful way to die, but he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Look at this. Jesus was properly connected. Go to John 10 and verse 30. We're going home now. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Just one little sentence sums it all up. I and my Father are one. You can't separate Jesus from the Father. You can't separate Jesus from the Word. He says, I and my Father are one. Now, properly connected. So he was properly connected with the Father. They're one. Now look at this. How do you become properly connected? Through teaching. John 8 28. Two more verses and we're out of here. Then Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me. Do you see Jesus' ways? Jesus is teachable. I speak these things. So Jesus is not home trying to find his own way, his own doctrine, his own. No, you'll get in trouble that way. He says, my father has taught me. We're learning his ways, right? That's why we come to church. I want to be taught. I want to know how the kingdom operates. I want to know how to live victoriously. I want to know how to be happy. I want to know how to win. I want to know how to get outside of my color and get outside of my gender. I want to know how to live this life. Well, I got to be taught something. All right. So we got to be taught. You need a happiness leader. All right. Jesus was a sower of seed. Jesus ain't so no seed. Go to Matthew 20 and 28. Properly connected. I can't keep saying, Dad Derb is my dad. And I don't know. I don't know his birthday. I don't know Father's Day. No, you guys, come on, guys. Look at this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to look at that, give his life a ransom. Anybody willing to sow that seed? I said, anybody willing to sow that seed? Well, you sow your life. Mm, Oh, did it just become Presbyterian or what just happened? Oh, God. He made his life, his whole life, he made his whole life a seed. I don't believe in all that. See, you, I ain't going to walk that way and I ain't trying to hear that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the only way you're going to properly connect. That is the only way you're going to come up and out of this situation. You cannot come up and out and not tithe. You cannot come up and out and not sow. Listen, you want to... I got, to, I, got, I got to go. The Holy Ghost will help you with it. And listen, here's the last one. How was Jesus properly connected? Remember I and the Father are one? He had an impartation. I said he had an impartation. There is nowhere in the world you know me because I grew up in church. I was very close with all of my pastors. And I didn't give my pastors a hard time. I mean that's the pastor and what I learned is even as a child what was on them I wanted to have my pastor growing up the one I'm most familiar with was Reverend Moses D. Holmes and he was completely blind he was was blind and man he memorized when I tell you he could quote the whole Bible when I say he could quote the whole God The whole Bible. And people used to just say stuff like, well, it's because it's blind, his other senses are. No, he wanted to know so badly that he didn't let the absence of sight. He would play tapes. Oh, and when I tell you he could quote every. And under him, man, I wanted to learn every scripture I could learn. As a child, because I looked at him, and I wanted what was on him, so I stayed close. Mom and I would go to his house, him and Miss Ari, and sit on their floor. When he got sick from cancer, we were at his house, beside his hospital bed. We'd come and just hang out. Now, I ain't telling all y'all to come hang out every day. (laughs) But I'd never turn you away from coming to hang out. Because that tells me, Izzy, you, you want to know, know something. There's no way in the world I would have a man or woman or God in front of me and not get an impartation of what they had. Jesus did. Look at this. Matthew 3, 16. And Jesus, my God. When he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and doing what? Lighting upon it, rested on him. He received right at that moment an impartation. Do you know what happened in the next book? It says, and the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He wouldn't have won that temptation had there not been an impartation. And I submit tonight that a lot of people aren't winning because there's been no impartation, no impartation from the Holy Ghost, no revelation from the Holy Ghost. But there's another step. Last verse, Timothy, first Timothy, excuse me, chapter four, verse 14 in the amp classic. See, I closed it. We ain't got nothing else to do, right? This is word. I got to go to work in the morning. See? See, Jesus never rushed. I said Jesus never rushed. His meeting lasts three days in the wilderness with no food. If we have a meeting for three hours, we got to feed y'all. Well, that's Jesus. He, he was a man. I said he was a man. We got to get to the place, ladies and gentlemen. where church got to go beyond an hour now. Please don't ask God to send you to Africa because you go to Africa and talk about you're going to preach an hour. Um, you won't be back. We pay. We walk. People walked. Pastor talked about that. People walk days to get to their meeting. You think you're going to preach an hour? Well, can I tell you something about the man and woman of God? They don't get this message. Well, at least we don't get it offline. And it takes a lot longer than 30 minutes to get a revelation. So at least you could sit down. <laughs> 1 Timothy 4.14 in the Amplified. Do not neglect the gift which is in you. Look at that. That special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit. How? By prophetic utterance when the elders lay their hands upon you at your ordination. So at that point, when they lay your hand, their hands on you, You receive something. I said you receive something. When the man and woman of God lay your hand, even if it's just a cursory, don't just take it as all that shit. Take it. No, I mean really. You take it. Right? Because it's an impartation. What's on them is getting on you. And then you train yourself to do just what Jesus did. Y'all can stand up now, please. Because y'all done got good at sleeping. Nobody better not go home and watch the ESPY Awards. (laughs) See, you don't even know good. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be an impartation.